you are in eight different universes at the same time. To use a blowtorch in order to use this specific drug is not for me. Yeah! Cause what, what type of shit we on when taking a blowtorch to the drugs? Why do these niggas exist? Biggest risk is playing it too simple. Welcome to the Any Last Words Podcast. My name is Keon, a.k.a. Almighty the DJ. My name is Earl Lonnie Hooks, a.k.a. Young One with himself. The God in me honors the God in each and every one of you. Thank you for joining. Thank you, Keon, as well. What's up, man? Yeah, man, you know, another fabulous uh, Tuesday morning. You know what I'm saying? Yes, Uh, indeed it is. Went out and uh, did something that I said I was going to do. I'm not going to say it, but I... Went out and did something I said that I was going to do yesterday, and I'm really happy okay. with the results. And this is something okay. that I will be sharing with you guys soon. So, um, you know, just look out for okay. just look okay. out for <laughs> some uh some good content coming from my direction pretty soon here. Some mysterious. <laughs> I mean, any anyone week? anyone that can put two and two together will know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, man, it's it's been a good week. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's it's only Tuesday. Um. Right. But, uh, you know, my the wash. I more so meant since last week, since we last. Recorded. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Um, you know what? Yeah. Dog? I just feel like, you know, a lot of my week just consists of work. You know what I'm saying? Like I go to <laughs> I, I go to work five days a week and I'm there from like, you know, in the morning till later in the evening. Um, And I don't know. You know, it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day about how you asked me that question. And. I just be thinking like, you know, Earl has so much more time on his hands um, than I do. And so like when when you ask me that question, your my response is going to be completely different from a response that you would get because you have so much more time on your hands. Um, but, I, you know, yeah. I do the best I can with the time that I have. I go to work while I'm at work. I'm either working or I'm doing homework or studying. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, these days, um, you know, my job is pretty slow. So I find time to, you know, just get a lot of schoolwork done. Um, outside of that, you know, I, I come home, I'm spending time um, with my family and, uh, you know, I'm doing this podcast and yeah, man, uh, not, a, not a ton going on, not a ton going on. Yeah. But I mean, I outside of that, I guess what I'm doing, I don't know, it kind of seems boring to me, but I am applying my time towards something yeah. better. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, yeah, and and that's I think that's that's the most important thing. I know I'm in a very privileged position in various ways to be able to have the time that I have to be able to do other things that interest me and that fulfill me in life. But I think it is it is important to try to find incremental ways to finding to finding that sort of success in your yeah. life, the sort of success that isn't linked to something monetary at every at every turn. And I actually just it was interesting because I just had this conversation the other day. And you know, at work, if you if you take less days, if you, you take more days off, people will instantly ask you, oh like, oh you got another job somewhere? Like where are you Damn. working? Like what like <laughs> and it, yeah, like that's the very first thing. Well, where, where else are you working? Like what else, like you have to be working somewhere else. And there's people are so baffled when you're like, no, I, I'm taking time off to do things that I enjoy. Right. Like, what are you talking? Like, what are you talking Wait, about? So, 
Yeah, you got to make more money. You, money. You gotta, what are you talking about? So with the days that you do work, do you still manage to hit like a forty-hour work week, or do you come like just under? Um, I'm pretty. I definitely. I have to come. Yeah, I come okay. under. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just happen to be in a position where I, I make the money. But, but that's the thing, though. I, I make the money that I need. I, I feel like I've done a whole lot better with my expenses uh-huh. and understanding what is extraneous and what is not. Like you don't. I've just done a whole lot better without reading too much on financial literacy, just kind of looking around at my life and wondering, what do I need? What do I not need? <laughs> like, what am I spending money on that is just, I, it's completely unnecessary. I don't, I don't need to do it. It's irresponsible for me to do so. It, do, it doesn't work out in the long run. So I'm just sort of looking at those things a little bit more. Again, detecting distractions in life. Do you... So do you think about right. do you think more so about your finances like in the now or in the distant future? Uh well that's a that's a really good question. I I just want to I tend to No, I'm sorry. Go ahead and answer. Ahead. No, I asked you a question. You you answered that. <laughs> well, well, I tend to conceptualize things in in the now uh-huh. that that I feel like will be substantive for the future. And what I mean by that is I, I don't think that by where and this is this goes hand in hand with the conversation I was saying I would have with people. They're like, well, why don't you work it now? Work it now, work it now. Because clearly working now, working now, hard and hard, hard like that's what's gonna get you to where you wanna be later on. Like you gotta you gotta pile up on the hours now. You gotta pile up on the finances now. And I think that th- in my purview now, I think that that's a reconfiguration that has to take place. Because a lot of times speaking with successful people in whatever realm it is they chose to be successful in or just, you know, reading about them, watching them. A lot of times you have to figure out what works for you in your own groove in life and what's going to take you forward. You have to nourish the things about yourself that are going to take you the furthest. Uh-huh. So I feel like sometimes you you have to step back from just because time is the luxury that we're that we're really trying to get. Uh-huh. Like that's that's really what it is. Whether you're trying to work really really hard now so that you don't have to do it later on, so that you have time to do things. I think that that you can find a balance through you know some sort of financial literacy and ma- money management today. If you, you know you chop down some stuff, maybe you don't have to necessarily work as much, and that will. Now you can reclaim some of the time that you're spending working all the time so that you can work on bettering other characteristics and qualities about yourself that will in turn help you succeed later right. on. So so I, I really think it's it's the it's the interaction with time okay. that seems that seems to be the issue. I think that a lot of successful people interact with time differently than other people okay i get that so so my like my, yeah like my 24 hours is not your 24 hours oh, we don't oh we I, didn't like, we didn't I, have I, the same I'm, 24 earl we didn't have the same 24 no <laughs> nah the same no no the same the same 24 doesn't it doesn't because um in in someone's 24 hours let's say let's say we both get the, the, like the same amount of sleep we both get like you know six to eight hours of sleep but in that day, someone decides to watch like an hour, like an hour of television. And that's not to say television is bad, but it's really about doing things mindlessly. 
Because you can watch something and you can gain a lot of information or insight or inspiration from it. Or you can just sort of like look at something on TV and also be scrolling through your phone mindlessly uh-huh. and, you know, whatever, just be lost in thought. And now you're just getting the bare minimum from every one of these these nuances. Every one of these devices, you're just getting the bare minimum from mm-hmm. it. Um, and, you you know, you're watching that. You're, you're scrolling through your phone, you know, 10, 10 minutes here, 20 minutes there, whatever. And then by the end of the day, you scroll through your phone for two to three hours. It's 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 um, really sickening, to be honest with you. It, yeah, it hap- it happens because, because I, I do you it. Don't, you I don't do you it. don't see it because <laughs> it happens in small increments. Yeah, yeah, I I do it, and I can admit to that. And it's and I think about it quite often. It's so sickening how attached we are to the, or at least me. And you know, I don't know about mm-hmm. you, but I'm, for me, it's sickening how attached I am to my mobile device. I I really don't like it, but it's just. It's like any instance of boredom is just taken away by just opening my phone up and just finding one of the many apps in my phone that will that will yeah. just hold me over until that will give you some you know stimulus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and but that's the thing is you feel like you need to be occupied, like you're like you're bored, like there's not enough going on in the world or in your mind that you could be trying to like ponder, figure out, uh-huh. or think about. You know what uh-huh. I mean? You just choose to take this sort of fast food route in your mind. Yeah, I like that. You know what I mean? You just choose to take this very non-nutritional, malnutritional sort of route to get there. And it's in just like, you know, fast food, it's, it's very temporary. It's very ephemeral. Like you, you get your, you get your nice little mouth orgasm, your little mouth pleasure. (laughs) And and then it doesn't really do much for you nutritionally. Malgasm. Um, yeah, exactly. So, so again, the the interaction and exchange with time. So you're going through that. You're watching TV. You're mindlessly scrolling through your phone. You're in conversations with people, but you're not really tuning into what the people are saying. You're kind of thinking about what you're going to eat later on, or what it is you're going to say whenever they're done fucking talking. There's the point that I'm getting at is every every bit of your day holds a vast amount of information and inspiration if you allow to look at it in that light. Yeah. But what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so what a lot of successful people are doing is no matter what moment it is they're spending, they're spending that moment there present, very mindful of it, trying to reap the benefits of, of every little sensation that comes with that experience. And so that's why I say, everybody's 24 hours is not the same. Like people are just experiencing life differently. And some people are just getting a very superficial experience from, you know, going through the motions in life. Well, and the reason I asked you that question is because you said that, you know, you've been able to kind of basically manage uh, yourself and your finances pretty well without reading mm -hmm. up on any financial literacy. Um, And I asked you about, you know, are you thinking about your money in the now or in the distant future? Um, you know, because along the way, uh, you know, what I'm saying I've been trying to brush up on my my own financial literacy and um, along the way, you know, what I'm saying I've learned a, a few different ways to kind of just set yourself up for um, financially uh, better uh, to be mm-hmm. financially better in the future. Uh, just I've, I've learned so much about just different types of bank accounts and different types of savings accounts and ways to kind of right. uh, let your money grow 
Uh, I've learned a little bit about investing and things like that. So I didn't know if like you were like hip to that stuff or even interested in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I mean, there's I'll, I'll learn anything. Like I'll sit down. If somebody is qualified to really be speaking about something, I will sit down and I will listen to it and soak up whatever information again is there. Like I said, reaping the benefits of whatever experience has to offer you in the moment. For sure. I would I would never just, you know, like neglect someone trying to give me good information. Um, for me, again, you're talking about investing and I'm I'm that's the same thing I'm talking about. I'm talking about investing time. I'm thinking I'm talking about investing in yourself. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's really it's the same thing. It's just a different it's just a different way of looking at it. Just yeah. Just trying to invest in myself for the future. I got you. You know, so that I because I feel like in school and this is one of the many problems with the public school system is people aren't really ta- taught to think you're, you're taught to do. You're taught to work. You're taught information, but you're not taught to sit and try to actually think thoroughly. Yeah. Through things. I, you know, yeah, you know, I, I, um, I think about that pretty often, actually, about the stuff that I've had to force myself to learn as an adult that I felt like yeah. could very easily be taught at a younger age. And that's, you know, I mean, a lot of these gems, I'm, you know, I think our parents try to instill in our minds because I feel like they probably know that our schools aren't teaching us this stuff. And when I, when I yeah. say that, you know, I'm, I'm talking about, um, you know, credit, like look at how important credit is um, to, the, to, yes. to this country. Cause crazy enough, that shit doesn't exist outside of the USA. Um, but how important credit is, but nobody talks about that in high school. Like there should be, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I think that they should, they, they could set us up a little bit better for the future. If they were talking about things like credit. I mean, there's so many things, but credit is like one of the yeah, first there's things so, yeah, there's, there, there's so that, many that things, stands yeah. out to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They don't, they, you know, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that they just kind of brush over. Like they should be teaching us this stuff when we're like 16, 17, about to graduate. You know, there should be classes for that type of stuff. Yeah, I remember having a, a money management class. I but I, you know, I I don't necessarily know exactly how much stuck with uh-huh. me afterwards. And you know, clearly it was an elective. It wasn't something that everybody went <laughs> and did. Uh, it was just one of the business classes I decided I was going to go try to take part in. But I, yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's. Teaching people how to think for themselves and not just inducing a bunch of information into their brains so that they can just go learn. Because a lot of times it's not, again, about the information that you know. It's about the way that you critically analyze the information that's being given to you. As they just, that, that's a, that's a, they, yeah. they just want to they just want to put push a bunch of Thomas Jefferson and, and Earth science on you. Yeah, which is why we're, you know, which is why it's even weird to have the conversation of investing in yourself and not just, you know, investing in the job that is getting you money at the moment. Like, yes, you need you need a starting a starting spot. You need to have some sort of money. It's 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 easier to get a little bit more money when you have some money to start with. All right, it's just like Monopoly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And when you know. That the world that we live in isn't necessarily just like Monopoly because there's some people that don't even start with like the 500 that you start off with. Nah. Like there's some people that are just starting off with nothing, yep. and you and you're and you're asking them to go play the game, pull up their bootstraps, and, and just and just and just hope that they even get around the board once to get 
you know, the little bit of money that you get, you know, but it's hard getting around that board anyway. So just to even have the conversation of investing in yourself and thinking, well, maybe I ought to take a step back from working so much because this is something that quarantine taught me because, you know, we all got spoiled because we weren't working at all. And then I went back to work and was working like six days a week. And I was like, yo, by like the third or fourth week, I was like, yo, I don't want to. This is crazy. I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't think. And it, and I was trying to decipher whether I was being just lazy or not. And I'm like, I don't I don't think so. I think I realized that I don't I don't want to do this and that this doesn't serve me well. So I, I'm, I'm making this money and that's cool. But at what cost? Right. The cost of my fucking sanity because I'm going crazy and I'm about to slap someone here. <laughs> like I don't, like I don't, I don't want to do this. I think it would be better if I just took the minimum amount of days it would take for me to make the money that I need, cut back on expenses that I don't need to be spending money on, so I can live comfortably, and then take the rest of the time to do things like take care of my physical health, going and exercising, yoga, mental health, the meditation and the yoga reading books, just learning more and trying to become a better component to the community. Mm -hmm. So that way, again, now it just makes me so much better at everything else. And one, it just, it makes me a better employee to be around. It helps me with the podcast. It helps me with my own creativity. So again, I'm, I'm getting the money that I need and then I'm reclaiming my time so that I can reinvest in myself right. for the for the future. Okay. But no, but I, I'd be I'd be more than happy to have any of this financial literacy liter- literature that you you have. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna start out today uh, telling a somewhat embarrassing story about myself. <laughs> um. We love it. So outside of myself, there are two main characters in this story. Um, one of these people listens to this podcast. Okay. The other one, I don't think that person does. I'm not 100% sure. Um, if this, if that right. person does listen, I don't know that they listen. Um, and then at the end of this story, I'm going to ask you a, a question. Understood. So um, back when in my early 20s, I was probably, I don't know, 21, 22, maybe, maybe like 22, 23. Um, I used to hang out with a, um, a, a group of people and these group of people were pretty much party like every weekend. Um, we, mm. we'd find ourselves, um, at this bar. I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna name the bar, but there's a bar. Yeah. You're gonna start giving people yeah, away. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna name the bar, but there was a bar that we used to go to like frequently almost every weekend. And if we weren't at that bar, there was uh there was these two guys in the group that you know pretty much had a crib to themselves and we would either be at that said bar or we would be at these people's house and like we right. would go over there everybody would just bring like a 12 pack of something niggas was playing beer pong upstairs downstairs we was out in the backyard you know what i'm saying smoking drinking our beers like it was it was the crib you know what i'm saying and at 22 23 that's what i was about every weekend (laughs) i was doing that shit every weekend um but this is one of the most awesome times in my life 
Um, so, however, there uh, there was a girl that would frequent these events, and I wouldn't go as far to say that I had a crush on this girl, but I definitely was interested in her. You know what I'm saying? I kind of wanted to kind of brush up on her, see what I could make happen with that. You know what I'm saying? Um, okay. And, you know, like I said, she would frequent these these events. So one day, um, I was hanging out with a good friend of mine, um, and I invited him to come to. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what the story is? <laughs> this was hidden, hidden far back in the, in the archives of my mind, but I know exactly what's <laughs> happening now. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> so I invited him to come with me to hang out with this group of people. Um, this is not a group of people that he really hangs out with. I, I, he does know some of these people. He just wasn't coming to, to these events like I was. So I invited him to come out um, and hang out with us. And this was at um, these, these two guys' crib, not the bar. So I invited him to come. And, you know, he we, we show up at the, at the crib and we, we go inside. And obviously this, this person is a good friend of mine. Um, I've told him about this girl that I'm interested in, that I'm kind of, you know, trying to make something shake with. And so, you know, he's well aware. So we go in there and everybody's partying, you know what I'm saying? Obviously I'm, you know, I'm talking to this girl, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm not sure if I introduced Either I don't I don't know if I introduced them to each other or not, but hours into the party, I'm downstairs, you know, beer ponging it up, whatever, whatever, and so I go upstairs. I'm probably going upstairs to go into the kitchen to maybe get another beer or something like that, and I go upstairs and I'm heading towards this kitchen, and what do I find there? I find mm-hmm. my friend that I invited in the kitchen making out with the girl that I thought I was going to make something shake with. And at that point, I mean, it was either I was going to be a bitch ass nigga and and go in there and, you know, say something about it. Or I was going to hold that L. Yeah. So I held the L. Um, yes, I, I was, I, you know, initially I was a bit confused cause I'm just like, damn, like, wow. Like that, like that, did that really just happen? Like, wow. Um, so I go outside and I just kind of just go out, you know, just try to like, cause like I saw them, but they didn't saw me because their, their lips were attached and their eyes were closed. <laughs> um, so I go outside and I'm just like. You know, I'm just out there, you know, just, you know, there's usually people out on the on the porch, you know, smoking cigarettes or whatever, uh, chatting it up. So I just kind of go out there, try to play it off, just act like I was going out the front door, even though that's not what I was going to do. And <clears throat> my question to you, Earl, <laughs> is, is this was on, 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 okay, hold on, before I ask you this question, I just want to say this. Me and my friend that I invited, we are still very much good friends to this day. Um, I'm course. not that kind of person. I'm not going to hold that against him. Um, <laughs> um, I, I took an L. 
And unfortunately, it was at the hands of of a good friend of mine. But I wasn't. <laughs> it was at the hands. It was at the hands of a. Hold on. All right, no, I'm gonna let you go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Um. So I, I'm not that kind of person. I don't hold that against him. Me and this person are really good friends to this day. Um. And I'm hoping that if my friend is gonna listen to this pod, that he just has to laugh at this because it's pretty fucking funny. Um, yes. <laughs> but um, yeah. So my question to you, Earl, is: Is that dirty macking, cock blocking, a little bit of both, or neither? It. I believe it to be neither. neither? Okay. Now, now, if, if I mean, if we want to speculate, <laughs> and and had this man, if if you had walked upstairs and before you turned the corner, you heard him saying. Man, you know, that nigga Keon, like, <laughs> like, honestly, like, last week I saw him and, like, he, you know, he, he kind of dealt with this girl and she was feeling him and, you know, he kind of made it out to be something that it wasn't really going to be and he he manipulated her. And I just, I don't get down like that. Like, I like that's my man, but I don't know why he would do that, though. Like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I just don't understand. Like, I just feel like we should treat our queens better than that. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> That and then you turn the corner and they were making out. That's dirty macking. Okay. That that's dirty macking. <laughs> Cock blocking again. The difference would have been if he just if he just came and made sure that there was no way that you were going to do right, it. So right. that would have been in a case where maybe you guys switched positions in this story. He's walking up the steps and he sees you about to lock lips with this woman and then says. Hey, 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 Keon, come on, man. Like, we got to, yo, you trying to leave, right, man? Like, I don't right. want to be here anymore, man. Like, let's go. Like, this, I don't like this anymore. Then that's, then that's, that's <laughs> God blocking. I don't think he did either of those things, which is also why I laughed so heartily when you said, at the hands of my friend. I don't think that you took a hell, you, you took a L in a way, uh-huh. and you held it tightly the way you should have. <laughs> All right. And, but and you and you went to sleep with that L. Uh. <laughs> but, <laughs> yo, going to sleep with an L is that's rough. Like <laughs> when you take an L at the night, like in the night, and you gotta and you ha- now you ha- you're expected to go to sleep in the next couple of hours right after you took an L. Like it's heavy on your mind uh. as you're going to sleep. Like that's rough. Uh-huh. But I don't think it was at the hands at the hands of him. I think that just like I was telling you before. In this instance, it is a it is a matter of the best man wins. Right, right. I I could I, I saw it. That and, way. and I don't. Right, right. And I don't think because one, you also have to understand that there's a, a third person in right. this. We, we're not talking about whatever culpability or accountability that this girl has. Right. Now, she's locking lips with him too, so she made that decision. Uh-huh. Which which means that one, she likes him, and two, either she doesn't like you, um, because she knows that you're at the party, right? Right, well, and so in her, and so in her mind, it doesn't make any difference whether you necessarily see this or not, because she's in the kitchen making out, or wherever she's at. You know what I mean? So she's not necessarily thinking, oh, if Keon comes around here like and turns the corner, like, oh, this is gonna be, it's gonna be, a, oh, no, nah, of course, of course. And two and, and three, I don't think that you necessarily I don't I don't think I heard this that you ever no. notified and, her and that you were trying to get it shaken with that. Her. And that's what I was going to bring up next, because, yeah, 
you told me a story on here not too long ago, um, I think, about how basically someone likes someone or something like that. And you were kind of mm. just like, kind of just kind of give it, you know, you asked me how much time do I do I yeah, give, give, you know someone. what I'm saying? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it made me think about that. Because, right. because no, <laughs> I, I don't think that I put in enough work for her to, to maybe feel like that there was something there um, or, right. that, you know, that, that I was feeling some kind of way. So, honestly, honestly, yeah, I don't I don't really. Th- I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. I don't think that it was it was dirty macking uh-huh. by, by definition. I don't think it was cock blocking by definition. Uh-huh. Do I think that it was an honorable thing for him to do? No. <laughs> no, I do not. I, I, I think that time should have been given. Now, now we are oh, 22, 23 in this story. Right, right. So, so we're younger, like you said. Yeah, I don't think anybody's drinking, thinking smoking, about it that way. <laughs> yeah, we're drinking and smoking, so no one's thinking about... We're having conversations about dignity and integrity at age 30. Yeah. <laughs> so I promise you at 22, 23, when you guys were getting fucking, you know, people were drinking and smoking, like there's no, there's no thoughts of nobility. Right, 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 right. You know, before, before that takes place, like, he's not, he's not thinking about, right, oh, right, am right. I, so, am I fulfilling an honorable lifestyle right. before I do this? Like, that's not on his mind. I think just in that moment when it happened, I was a bit confused. Um, yeah. Because I'm just like, damn, like. Because it almost makes it seem as though he sought this person out. Like, he, you know, it just, yeah, I, I guess in that moment, I just thought it was kind of fucked up. Um, yeah, you were like, why would you, you they're like, there are mad people in here. Yeah. <laughs> like, why Like why is it that I just told you about this person and now you're up here with this speci- this particular person? Like, that's, yeah, that yeah. seems like a little, it seems a little competitive. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it happened. But like I said, me and yes. this person are still very good friends to this day. This, yes, is, of course. this is not something that I held against him, um, nor is it yes. something that I really care about. I just thought that the people listening to this would find it very funny. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. no, no, that that is. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, like, I, I mean, we talked about on the one of the last podcasts is, you know, deceit and it's lying, omission, whatever. Uh-huh. It, things are never just that black and white, so it is interesting trying to hash out these situations where you're not quite certain if someone's being quite as loyal as you feel like they ought to be, and if they're not, exactly how are they falling short of that? I told you before about, um, yeah, I, well, you know, that episode got erased, so I'll just, you know, use these names. Um, my, my old drug dealer, Cyrus, and... You know, we can, we can call, you know, one of his great friends at the time, Billy. So, oh, Billy Ray Cyrus, that's where I got that from. Okay, so, <laughs> so Cy- <laughs> I was like, why did I just put those two names together? So, Cyrus, you know, he used to sell me weed, he used to sell acid, he used to sell all sorts of stuff. And he used to just be in his house playing video games, high, fucked up all the time. Uh, scrawny little kid, but, and, and he was also a producer, worked with a lot of local artists and stuff like that. And he would always just be in there. It would just be a, just clouds of smoke. You'd have to just like try to part the smoke to walk through the apartment. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're blasting all sorts of music. He used to make some icy beats too. And he was just blasting music. And there's Mario Kart or Super Smash Brothers on the TV or something. And there are always a bunch of people around. 
rolling these stupid yo people have got to stop smoking backwards <laughs> people have got like my gosh because people would roll they would roll these blunts with like an eighth in the blunt and that's, it would be a, a backwood that's a lot a yeah like a yeah eighth in a blunt with a with a backwood so it's just it's the smoke I, is just. I like, never. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like it's like volcanic ashes. I never understood coming that. through. I never understood. Wait, which one? The putting all the weed yeah, in the thing it's or like, using backwards? At some point, you're not getting high anymore. <laughs> like, what are y'all doing? Like, how high are we trying yeah, to like, get for real? <laughs> at, at some point, I'm just gonna get a fucking headache and want to go to sleep. Like, or you're just gonna knock. Yeah, yeah like, what? Yeah. Are, what are we doing? <laughs> Get it, yeah. Getting to that, getting to that high where it's no longer fun. Oh, I hated. Like, those. why would somebody want to do I, that? I would hate that when you would just get to the point you would get so high. And I, I remember. I mean, there there've been a few moments like that, especially the very first time I, I believe I took a, a dab hit. Uh, yeah, when people started, you know, like I said, using these these flamethrowers and stuff like that, the heat glass and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, okay, there's a lot. But you just you just get in this state where you are in eight different universes at nigga, the same time. Nigga, if you if, if 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 I have to use a blowtorch in order to use this specific drug, it's not for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, because you gotta because you gotta heat what the type oil of shit thing. we on. We taking a blowtorch to the drugs, bro. <laughs> uh, man, it's 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 insane, man. But. So walk in this house. Well, I mean, well, ne- never mind. Not specifically me walking in this house at this point in time, but th- I'm just describing the way that this apartment was, just the atmosphere of this place. So you have Cyrus selling the drugs. Yeah. And, you know, one time I did meet this guy, Billy, in there. And I think he had a child. He was probably like 23 or something like that. He had a, he had a young child that was in elementary school. And he seemed like the type of dude, he was a white white cat. He seemed like the type of dude that grew up in the country but listens to a lot of rap music. Okay. <laughs> um yeah, so so like so, like sort of the swag clothing-wise was a little country, you know, trucker hat, work boots, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Tattered jeans. Yeah, the, the fish hook on his hat. I he didn't have the fish hook on his hat. <laughs> he didn't take it that far. But again, the backwoods and the, the way of speech and all that seemed as though he listened to a lot of rap music growing up. So it was, it was you know, it's an interesting combination. Either way, one day I go over to purchase drugs from Cyrus. I pull up my usual parking space and I see him limping down the stairs and like limping over to the car. I'm like, what the fuck happened to him? Like he, like he got beat up or something. Are you about to retell this story? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> he, he comes and he sits and he sits in the car with me. And, you know, 10 seconds later, I have what I need. He has what he needs. But I have to ask him, like, hey, man, you know, I saw you limping over to the car. Like, was everything all right? And he's like, well, you know, <laughs> he was like, long story short, you know, I, I ended up getting in a fight with, with Billy. I was like, I thought you and Billy were good friends. Like, what happened? And then this story ensued. And he says, well, you know, the other day, I'm sitting in here. I'm, you know, high, making music as I always am. I'm playing some video games on the side. His mother, who was living with him at the time, I don't know how he was pulling this off, but his mother was living with him at the time. 
she was taking the dog for a walk. And his girlfriend that also lived with him was down the street doing some grocery shopping. So he just happened to be at the house by himself at this time. And Billy came over. Billy came over and he's talking to him about how his his very young son that was in elementary school had a seizure in his classroom, fell out shaking. People didn't know what to do. It was terrifying and clearly had to come get his child, take him to the emergency room. Hold on. They didn't just call the ambulance off break. Well, I mean, he I guess he went to the emergency room. I'm sorry. I guess he just met maybe his child at the emergency room. Either way. (laughs) Bills out the ass, which is really the point of this. You know, I guess money that he doesn't necessarily have, insurance maybe he doesn't necessarily have, whatever. He's, you know, buying too many backwoods. <laughs> so, so he's talking to Cyrus for maybe like an hour um, about, and this is, by the way, a long grocery trip and a, and a long walk for the dog, but he's talking to him for a long time about what, He's going to do how he's going to get this money, you know, what provisions uh, he's going to need to be thinking about when it comes to his child, because he doesn't know. They don't know exactly what caused the seizure. So now he has to be worried about the future and what exactly he needs to be doing, whether it be medication or well, I don't know, some holistic methods. Oh, so I'm sure he wasn't thinking about holistic methods, but. Cyrus is sitting there as a good friend does, and he's trying to talk him through stuff. Maybe he's like, oh, you know, I might be able to help you out every here and there with some things that you need financially. And because Cyrus makes good money selling these drugs, he knows quite a bit of, you know, drug addicts. <laughs> and at the end of this talk, you know, Cyrus is so close to Billy and so comfortable with him. That he leaves things out. Maybe, you know, some weed here, some this, that. And his gun is out. And Billy stands up and he picks the gun up and points it in Cyrus's face and says, I need you to give me everything you got right now. Woo! Right now. And Cyrus is looking up and I'm like, what are you, what, what are you talking about? We, I just, bro, what do, I, we just sat here and had this conversation. I told you I would try to like. What do you mean? Like you're like you're robbing me right now? Like is this really happening? <laughs> He's just like, dude, I'm sorry. Like I don't, I don't want to do this. But I just told you where I'm at in life. I know that you got what I need. <laughs> Give me what you have right now. <laughs> and so Cyrus gets up and he takes him to I guess one of his many caches <laughs> and, and gives gives him what he has. And I guess in the in the exchange, he he catches a moment in time in which Billy's eyes and his attention is on the money. So then he tackles him to the ground (laughs) and now they're rolling all over the ground, fighting over control of the gun. Both of their like it's like an action movie. Both of their hands are on the gun. They're swinging it in the air and they're rolling over top of each other and punching each other in the face and kneeing each other in the stomach, trying to trying to wrestle and grapple and find a way to, you know, get this fucking gun. Billy ends up getting the gun. He he gets up. He's pointing it at Cyrus as he slowly backs out of the house. Don't follow me. And he turns himself running off. Cyrus immediately runs after him. He, he like grabs him 
they're on the second level of this apartment, this apartment story um, complex or whatever. So as he tackles him into one of the banisters, I guess the gun flies out into the yard. Shit. So they're fighting at the top of this building. Then Billy gets away again, runs down to try to go find the gun in the grass. Cyrus gets there right after him. So now they're again, it's it's 8, 9 p.m. They're fighting in the grass, in the dark, with this gun. There is a beam. There's a laser on this gun. This nigga is tactical. <laughs> <laughs> and so as they're fighting over the gun again in the grass, the beam is just going through the air. Two women get out of their car. They see two people fighting. They see the beam going through the air. And they're, oh, my God, it's a gun! And so then Billy again successfully rips the gun away and gets gets in the car and leaves. Um, this this was Cyrus's gun I guess though, maybe, right? Maybe maybe he didn't maybe he didn't want the gun or something like that, so he like tossed the gun as he drove away. Okay, maybe he didn't he didn't he didn't want the gun on him. You know what I mean? Whatever. Cyrus gets the gun. He waits for his girlfriend to return. They both, pretty much his mother and girlfriend return pretty much like right after this whole fiasco takes place. He gets in the car with his girlfriend. He drives straight to Billy's house. Billy, the lights are off in that house. Ain't no cars there. There's nobody there. That car is abandoned. And he's he's never seen again. That's crazy. He, he never saw him again. All of his social media was deleted. He never went back to that house because Cyrus went back to that house many a time. <laughs> he dis he disappeared. <laughs> and the reason I bring this up after, you know, your very minuscule or benign version of this really is the fact that it is a version of this. It's it's still under the realm of a lack of loyalty. Uh-huh. It was you thought someone should have been <laughs> upholding, right? So, you know, you walk in the house and you bring your friend upstairs and, you you know, you see that he's making out with the girl that you clearly wanted to get it shaken with. But then you have to understand there, to, to this other, this extreme, there was someone, they were friends. They would hang out all the time and just get high together. And one day this dude just robbed him for $10,000. Sheesh. You know, and and it's and it's rough because, you know, clearly your friend wasn't in a place in which he needed to make out with this girl. Like it's just like if I don't make out with her, like I don't know what I'm gonna do, man. Like I gotta, I'm sorry, like I had to do it. This dude, clearly, him robbing his friend at gunpoint isn't something we aspire to be in life, but you can see. A little bit more reasoning on his side because he needs some money. His his son is is ill. He's trying to find a way to make ends meet, and he knows exactly where to get the money. Um, and just like you may have been thinking, what was my friend thinking when he made his transgression? When he transgressed against me and the, you know the the secret that I told him my, my feelings towards this person. And I sort of think about the same thing when it comes to this guy, because in this story, he's clearly the villain, the way the story is told, he, he is villainized, but I would like to know what, do you know, the, the, the process that has to take place 
all the itty bitty steps toward, I mean, since your son having a seizure all the way up to you pointing a gun in your friend's face, all the moments in between those two that had to happen is a, it's a very interesting, complex series of moments. Yeah, it is. When, when you came up, when you thought, okay, like I got to get this money. Like, how am I going to, how am I going to do this? You thought, oh, I have a friend that, that sells drugs. He has a lot of money. And then you, you, that thought comes in your mind, but then you have to, you have to overcome the bit of you that's like, oh, but that's a friend. I can't, I can't rob some robbing people isn't good. Right. If you even have that thought and then, and then you have to override it by saying, but my son's health comes first. And this is the quickest way of me getting this money. And then you have to think about, well, how am I going to do it? I don't, I don't own a gun, but, but he does. Can I get a hold of his gun? Or did he not even know he was going to rob him until he saw that the gun was available? Did, was this a split decision, a split, a split second decision? And if so, that's even more interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, because I'm thinking about the ride over to rob someone. Like when you're in the car, like what do you, what is, what is, what are the thoughts that are going through your mind as you're, as you take like a 20 minute drive from your house to the person's house that you're about to rob? Like what's going through your mind? All the things that could go wrong, if it's going to go right, like, are you going to end up having to like fight for the death for this money? Exactly what the steps are after this. Have you planned exactly again what your escape is? What music are you listening to? <laughs> are you listening to music in the car before you go rob someone? Like, because you can't just be in there listening to Rumor Has It by Adele when you're on the road <laughs> to go rob someone. So, like, that has to be a mood too. Are you just alone in the dark with your thoughts? That's probably what I would be. That's doing. just. Yeah, it's just it's just a, it's just a lot. It's it's a lot of it's a lot of thought, man. That premeditation, and then again, if even if it isn't, if you're just if you're just in there and you're telling them this story, and then you see the gun there, and then it just all comes together, and you're like, "This is it." Like I, I have to pick this gun up right now. I have to make this decision right if, now. If he doesn't just say, "Oh man, I'll, yeah, I'll give you ten grand," that's this is what I have to do. Yeah, right, <laughs> and 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 he didn't say that. No, no he did not. <laughs> So I so I have to point a gun in his face now. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's insane, it's insane, man. But you know, uh, deception comes in so many shapes, and forms, I'm, and sizes. I'm going to say this one more time. Mm. One more time, I'm <laughs> going to say this. You guys are good friends, and you don't hold any grudges towards yes, him, and you don't, don't want him to listen to this and think that you're you know you hate him yeah. secretly well not even not even not even just him i just want people to know that i i simply told this story so you could laugh at me because it is a funny story <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I mean listen we all we all take L's and, <laughs> and you just got to you just got to hug him tightly and just and just <laughs> if you if you had walked up while they were sucking faces like, hey i know i hey, know what are you doing i know <laughs> What are you doing? Like, she should have like that would have been thinking out of this so about? whack. <laughs> yeah, she'd have been like, get away from me. What are you talking about? Oh my gosh, that would have been so whack. <laughs> yeah, and he would have been looking at you too, like, bro, like relax, bro. Go talk to someone else. What's wrong with you? Like, it's not that serious. You've never even really spoken to her in that capacity before. Like <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Yo, oh my gosh. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh! Uh, stop being a hater. Basically, <laughs> that's 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 really that's really funny. <laughs> I've been in that situation though where hey, I've told look, somebody. Go ahead. What? So, do you know the girl that I'm talking about, or do you no, just know you just remember the story? Yeah, I just remember the story. Okay. I don't know the. the she was one of the girls that went out with me and you. It was three of them. It was me, you, and uh, three girls when we had that okay. really fucking awesome night in uh yeah in out in uh Clarendon. Okay, yeah. not not when we drove out there with them, but the ones that we met out there. No, the ones when we drove out there with them, and we oh, was okay, in the okay, car okay. bumping like shit yeah. to. Um, yeah. Okay, I know. You, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. Hey, listen. It, it, it happens, man. Yeah, that that shit is hilarious. I, I don't you know, know what, what made I me mean, think of that, but I just knew I had to tell it on the pod. But uh, but, <laughs> but okay, and, and again, because we can we can get off of this, but again. <laughs> From my standpoint, when I was talking to you about the Dirty Mac and before, is how long do you give someone? Uh, I th- I think I said something like seven days. Uh, I honestly think that that may even be a little long because my idea is this. What are you, what, what is taking so long? Uh, like what, what, it, like structure are you trying to construct? Like what are you trying to build before you can just say the words, Hey, listen, like I'm interested in you trying to do this, that, and the third. Like what like what is it that you're trying to to put together? Are you are you doing the seed planting thing where you're trying to just feel it out for a month before <laughs> you to let this person know that you're interested in them in a romantic way? Because clearly it's unnecessary because old boy was just upstairs making out with her in all of two minutes. Right. So that that sort of be my thing with people is like, oh, I'm trying to feel it out. I'm trying to like, no, you don't have to do all this. Uh, Let the person know that you're interested in like the the woman's going to know. You know what, Earl, though, like around this time, I was I feel like I was just starting to kind of get in my bag when it comes to like picking up girls. Because, you know, I was in a I was in a relationship with my son's mother, you know, for several years leading up to that. You know what I'm saying? You had to you had to dust off the tools. Yeah. So like I was really I was kind of just back on I was back out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, I was back out there, and you know I don't know. Like the older, <laughs> which is which is I was. Yeah, it's funny because I was having this thought the other day. You know, when people talk about game, I don't I don't necessarily know. And maybe it's just because of, of my, I guess, my, my, the way that I would be playing the game is I don't necessarily think that it's something when people talk about, oh, you know, I just wanted to see if I still had it, you know, if I could still get out there and do my thing. If I, you know, it really shouldn't be something that you have to turn on and off. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like if that's the case, then it, it's disingenuous. Uh-huh. Like, if you're going on, like, what are you doing? Are you putting on a different voice? Are you going out there and you're sort of just, like, trying to, like, come up with really clever lines that are that are funny and attractive? Like, what is it that you're doing? Because, you know, I think that it should be enough for you to just kind of, and this is going to sound corny, but just be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're just being, you're being comfortable in a social situation and... 
whatever that person is or whatever that essence of yourself is that shines through, it attracts or it doesn't attract. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't I don't think it's necessarily something that you need to be trying to to turn on because People can see that. Well, that flip. I don't know that it's necessarily a switch. I don't know that it's necessarily them trying to turn it on like an off and on switch. Um, it's just them using a set of skills that they haven't been able to use in a while. Mm. I think that the same. I what's interesting. Okay, okay. I thank you for saying that. I know what the issue is. Why are you not still using those? And this is this is why relationships don't fucking work. <laughs> why are you not? Why are you not still wooing your significant other every day? Oh well, yeah, that that is a completely different scenario. But I, I f- but yes, yeah. like you should. It, it should never be. A, and this is where they say like, um, you know, happy fat people, happy. You know, what is it? Relationship weight, whatever the fuck they call it. Uh, like you just get someone and then you just let go. And I don't. I. I don't like that idea uh-huh. and I don't not necessarily just in that nutritional way. I'm talking about in the way that you talk to them in the way of trying to woo them. Like, okay, I got you. So now I'm done trying. Like, no, I, f- I still feel like you should still be, you should still be throwing whatever game it is you're, you're talking about. You should still be trying to have those attractive conversations, still be giving them those looks, those positions and body language, still be taking them out on dates, still be trying to, forever woo them mm-hmm. with whomever you are in that moment. So I, I yeah, so I don't I don't feel like it's something that you should ever have to be that you should have to dust off or try to come back mm-hmm. to. Yeah, unless of course you've you've stopped trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like that's I feel like that says a lot. If you feel like you don't have to try anymore, you don't have to Well, Im- you, not necessarily impress, but you don't I, I but, well, but well, no, I guess I do mean impress. Yeah, impress upon your significant other, then you you're kind of now taking it for granted. Well, that's what, and, and that's going to tie into what I'm about to say. Um, I don't know that. I mean, and don't get me wrong. A lot of people probably do just stop trying, but I think a lot of people also just get comfortable. If is is that is that right. different? Is that you know what I'm saying? It, uh, well, I mean, we can talk about you know being comfortable, and we kind of already have, and being complacent. Uh-huh. And where where we think that gets us in life, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you you start to just yeah. The same thing happens in a fucking lazy I, boy. I guess it. Queue I guess it, it produces the same result whether you get comfortable or you stop trying. But I guess I don't know. There's it's two different things. Yeah, I mean we we just know empirically what happens when you get too comfortable. Right, right. You you slowly you sink in. To whatever seat it is that you've seated your big ass in, and you just slowly just melt away, and and you and you be, you gain atrophy from it. Your muscles don't no longer want to get up. That's one of the main things. That's why. That's that's one of the many reasons as to people's bad health physically. Is there are a lot of people that just have jobs where they have to sit down all day long. They're just sitting. They're not using their muscles. Their muscles get weak. And yeah, and that that's that's exactly what happened. And atrophies, I suppose, or through time. And it's the same thing. And, and no matter what it is you're doing, we're talking about the, the muscles that it takes to woo your partner, the muscles that it takes to uh, 
uh, I guess, sort of process complex ideas in your mind, whatever it is you stop doing and you just get comfortable, those muscles are going to slowly lax with time. And yeah, that you're going to you're going to not be able to turn it on or be that apt at it anymore. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's the same thing throughout all the different scopes, honestly. Yeah, no, nah, you, you got to get out there and continue to try to woo your wife, woo your girlfriend, woo your fiance, woo whatever, you know what I mean? And, and 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 work hard. Always be thinking about, you know, getting better. Fuck that complacency. Like, what 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 else can I be? What else can I do in life? How else can I ascend? How what what mental shackles do I need to break so I can become the next version of myself and stop telling myself that this is okay. It's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. The, uh, get get better. You're not there yet. The biggest risk in life is playing it too safe. No. Tell them, Keon. Yeah, man. Tell them. Just- Honestly, though, but, but people will wonder why they're so tempted to go out and try something new. When I mean try something new, I mean try someone else new in a, in a relationship because you ain't doing, you just here sitting on a fucking couch playing video games. <laughs> like this person, all these other people, they're, they're trying to get after me. Mm-hmm. They're giving me that invigorating feeling of, of being chased after. You stopped chasing me because I came and started hanging out with you. <laughs> so now you just so now I'm just here and you feel like yeah like I, I got it like I'm I'm good now I don't have to try anymore you're here you're stuck with me that's not true <laughs> it's not true at all <laughs> so uh, yeah that's that so I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the script here real quick flip it guess who I saw yesterday oh shit oh man I no idea you, you're not you won't not. know this person or these people but um oh. remember remember uh. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess that was a stupid way to go How into that. How the fuck was I yeah, supposed to guess? I, you know what? You know, it's, you know <laughs> what? No, no, no. Crazy. No, listen, 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 listen. I think when people generally ask that question, they don't expect you to actually guess. They just expect you oh. to just be like, who? You know oh, what I'm saying? Just, yeah, just a rhetorical yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. No. So, oh, when people ask me stuff, I be trying to figure out the answer. <laughs> okay. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. Yeah, please continue. Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually think you were going to, even if it was someone you did know, I wasn't expecting you to just, oh, yeah, you probably saw blah, blah, blah. You know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, I mean, sometimes sometimes I do that based <laughs> upon certain conversations that we've had yeah. recently in the past. I might I might be able to nah, figure it well, out. But yeah, this one ahead. was a setup. I, you're not gonna, you weren't okay. going to guess this. Um. So remember those guys that I told you were standing outside the corner store when I, um, <laughs> when you bought one a bottle of water. Yeah, yep. I, well, yeah, I bought them both two one liter Deer Parks. Yes. So and Antoinette brought it to your attention that he was probably asking yeah, for something alcoholic. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I go back to that same place, both of them, right there, right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get out of my car and. This time, he's like, yo, man, you think you could, uh, you know what I'm saying, give me a little bit of money so I can go across the street, get a sandwich from the deli shop. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I, dog, I don't really, I don't got it on me today, bro. Um, and, you know, I did have it on me, but it's just like, every time I come here, you're going to, you know what I'm saying, you're going to ask me to, to buy you lunch or buy you something to drink. Like, yes, yes, he is. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Like, I looked out for you the first time, bro. I'm not going to, you're not going to get me like that every single time I come up here. 
Cause, cause well, it, as long as you, well, as long as you don't ask him to do a fucking backflip I'm, for it, I would never. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell him no. That's what I'm going to do. Cause I'm not a bitch ass nigga. <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> yeah, do do 15 push-ups, stand up, do the Macarena, and uh, swing this hula hoop around your, your hips for uh, 15 seconds, and then I'll, I'll give it to you. Yo. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, um, I don't know. Like, Ooh. I just felt like, bro, you're not, like, here's the thing. He's not going to re- remember me every time I pull up, but I'm going to remember him every time yeah. I pull up. Yeah. So you know he's he doesn't see he doesn't see any shame or any any like you know any like he doesn't feel any way about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it, like me, I'm just like bro. Every time I come up here, I'm gonna see you. You're gonna ask me to buy you something. Like I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Yeah, it's, yeah. He's that one guy that sits in front of this one place when you go there. Yeah. You are number seven hundred fourteen. <laughs> yeah, that that he has asked to get a deli sandwich right. from. Uh, so yeah, that's just that's just the way it's gonna be. Because yeah, I'm just um, I'm just looking at him and I'm just like, this nigga don't remember me at all. He don't remember me buying him no waters a couple of weeks ago. He just gonna ask me every time I come up here. So I got to nip this shit in the bud, <laughs> bro. Man, s- survival's different. I know, bro. I know, I know. I don't blame him. You, you, I don't blame him. Yeah, but like, I gotta I yeah. gotta think about myself. <laughs> yeah no of course of course you do I just I couldn't imagine what what cascades of feelings you are having as someone that just you know I was reading an article about a couple of oh yeah I really didn't mean to get into this but this is this is going to be a little deep I I was reading an article about two women in particular, but about the entire scope of it, of the sex slave industry. Mm -hmm. Um, India being the hub for these, just it being a multi-billion dollar industry in this world that we live in, which is so insane to me that, that just millions of people missing year after year and the ages and what's happening, the stories being told. It's the fact that there are just people out here true, just buying people still and subjecting them to this, this life of subjugation and just in belittlement for the, all of their days. It's just, it's so the color coding system of, of value you're a virgin, you're of this age, okay, you're at the top of the list. You know, you're going to get sold for like $200, like in American dollars, you know what I mean? Which would be however many rupees or whatever. It's just so, it's so insane to me that it's happening. And again, it also makes me think about people asking me, Earl, why do you give a fuck so much about what people think? This is another extrapolation of that. I, 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 I just can't, I can't separate the experience that human beings are having with the way that human beings are thinking. It's just, they're inseparable. And, and I'm reading about it and I'm reading about the techniques that young boys are taught to go and woo some of these young girls so that they can 
be put somewhere and then be put in a brothel or put in a truck somewhere that's going to ship him out somewhere to be bought by so-and-so, whatever. And poverty seems to be at the at the helm of all of this. Poverty is the crux in which, you know, most of these horrific, heinous crimes are, you know, taking place or from. And I'm hearing stories about a young boy and you're looking around your little hut and you see your mother, your father and eight of your siblings dying every day. I mean, dying slowly, just just malnourished, no food, like they're passing around a half a loaf of bread and a potato trying to make ends meet, you know, doing little odd jobs, working in a factory for for five to six months. And in that five or six months, you get a certain certain, you know, sum of money. And then you have this OG from around the way coming and talking to you as a young boy at 13, 14 saying, hey, listen, you see that money that your dad made at that factory in six months? I will give that to you tomorrow. If you go over here, talk to this little girl, make her fall in love with you and tell her that you would like to run away and get married with her because younger marriages over there, you know, it's a lot. It's it's illegal, but it's it's still a whole lot more common. So, so people run off and get married at all different sorts of ages. And he's looking at this, at this girl, what he has to do, his family dying. And he's just thinking, well, okay. Like I'm, whatever this process is, that's taking place. I'm doing the least amount of work in it. If, if there is a pie of, you know, badness that can be sliced up a pie chart in this industry, I have to have the least amount because I'm just going speaking to this little girl for a few weeks or a month or whatever, telling her some lies, bringing her to this place, putting her on a bus or whatever, taking her to this place and then walk and telling her I'll be back and then never coming back and then allowing it to be from what it is. And then I can come back here and feed my whole feed and clothe my whole family for months and months and months and months and months to come. And so it's just it's it's just an insane it's it's mind boggling to just think about this world um, and just you know the poverty in it and what and what that brings what the, the, the you know the things that stem from it. It's uh, it's absolutely insane. Things that I, I would definitely implore people to think about, do a little bit of research on, because it it does it doesn't hurt to to know these things and understand what what is at stake here, when it comes to the lack of thought mm-hmm. and the lack of care for other people and what it is that we're doing, the lack of compassion that I'm always trying to, um, get people to understand, is taking place in a, in a in a global way. But that's that's sort of what I think of when you tell me that the things that people are, you know, sort of it's it's debasing, you know, but the things that they're they're pinned and to do in life yeah. and they just feel like there's 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 just no <clears throat> other way 
to to do it and it's just someone's just trying to make it that e that much easier for you mm-hmm. in life and it's just you know it's it's rough you know trying to think about morals and ethics when in integrity and nobility and honor when you you're dying and you see your family just just going through the thick of it Withering every away. single day yeah here here in america when we say you know i'm starving it's it's so it's 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 so superficial it's so inconsiderate it's just, you just say it because you haven't eaten something in a couple of hours. You're like, oh, I'm fucking starving. We have, Just think about the hungriest you've ever been in your life. You know what that, that does not feel good. Mm-hmm. But it probably wasn't from you not eating from my own, like, be, like haven't eaten for like three days. Right. You know what I mean? Three or four days and you just wondering when the next meal is going to come. It wasn't that. That's a different sort of feeling. That's that's a different that implosion. You just feel like it's just like you're slowly sinking into yourself, Bro, like I, some never-ending black hole. I inadvertently fasted for like twenty-four hours uh, a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. and I thought I felt like mm-hmm. I was gonna die. <laughs> right, that it's exactly what I'm saying. So it's just your mind goes to a completely different place. It's sort of. Um, bears semblance to when I was talking about being sick a few months ago and tripping out in Walgreens and about to just walk out of there with beef jerky and lemon. Yeah, like, who the fuck is going Like, (laughs) my whole, everything changed. The entire way I was thinking about stuff changed because... nigga was willing to risk it all. (laughs) For some big quill. But but it's it's just just insane and and it's nasty, but it's also... But on the other end of it, though, being the people that have all the money, not the people that are impoverished, wondering how they're going to feed their families, but the people that have all the money to buy these children. Mm-hmm. And it's just thinking about it from that standpoint. I mean, I, it's I don't know. It's still slightly unfathomable. I tried to have a conversation with someone about this the other day, and all we come up with is having, you know, sort of like a Epstein type deal. And having so much money, being in this 1% of people, you have so much money, you're living in a completely different stratosphere. Like you, like we can't even fathom what that life is like. If you want something, it is yours. That's the sort of life. And that might give people, like we've talked about Jay-Z and Kanye performing niggas in Paris in Paris and what that video looked like and how you can only imagine the God complex. Every time I watch that video, I get chills. Right. You just feel like you're, you're Jay-Z and you're Kanye and you're, you're looking out and they're just tens of thousands of people just praising you, jumping up and down, screaming, losing their minds just because you and your friend are standing in front of them rapping a song that you came up with in your mind and you guys recorded and they're just praising you and they're they're paying money and droves that they, they're they're willing to fight somebody they're willing to to buy a shoe that you release for for thousands of dollars <laughs> for tens of thousands of dollars like the like the the things that you create are now like they're going to become artifacts of of great great value to people and so to think that you just have 
billions upon billions of dollars that you'll never be able to spend in a lifetime or in generations for that matter. And you can go anywhere, see anything, do anything. You you have to what comes with that if you are not if you are not connected to something spiritual or deeper than that and, and constantly finding ways to be humbled. You are just you are in a just you're living a different life. You're in an experience where you can just it's almost as though you can just make things materialize. It's almost like you're a wizard mm-hmm. and you can just make things happen. Like, oh, I want this. There it is. Or I want that. There that is. Like, oh, I can have this. Or I want a boat. Yeah, sure. I want to be in Paris right now. Sure. Let's just go. Let's go over to Paris. You want to have lunch in Italy? Let's go have lunch in Italy. Let's go. You just the world is is yours <laughs> in a sense. So it from that standpoint, just like, oh, yeah, like, oh, I can I can have I, I can buy people. I, I yeah sure yeah I'll take I'll, I'll take a couple people <laughs> I, I can like I can it's just it's it's just so wild it's it's so it's so almost inconceivable but clearly it's being conceived by those that feel as though they they have the means and the but it's just but again go, but going back it I I don't understand even if you have these these means how you how you override the the morality system that you have set up unless unless that was fucked from the start you know what i mean like i i couldn't imagine if someone dumped 4 billion dollars into my bank account right now i just i couldn't imagine and you know we you know we've talked about how money does change people but to be honest with you i think just money just shows you more of who you are yeah, I think it just allows you to now do more of what it was you you would be doing. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I and share with that with yeah, yeah, and share that with more people if you would like to or not, whatever. But which is why you know you can have real corny fuck ass people as they're broke and then they get rich and they're still corny and don't know how to dress. They just have a lot of money, so they just buy expensive clothing, but it's not it doesn't look good or. Whatever the case may be, it's like you're you're still corny yeah. or you're still not funny. You're still not necessarily, you know, attractive or good with women or anything like that. You can just but now you can just sort of materialize these things <laughs> because you, you have the money. Mm-hmm. So I, that's that's more so what I think it is. I, I couldn't I couldn't see myself doing it. Um, that's just that it's so it's so wild to me. But yeah, that's that's sort of the tangent that I, I kind of go on in my mind when I think about poverty and what it drives people to do, which is which is which is why it's so wild to me when people, I guess, sort of on the right side of the political spectrum are like, oh, y'all better figure that shit the fuck out. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like people, people in low income, play, like y'all better figure it the fuck out. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but. You know, I've seen people come at it and make it up. So that means that you can too figure it out. But the thing is, with, with that lack of compassion, it, it, it's it's going to be your problem when I come to rob right. you. <laughs> like when I don't have any means and I come and start taking shit from you, it's it's going to be your problem then. So I just feel like compassion, again, is, is just something that we got to try to push. You got to try to understand that it's, it's not always, you know, just completely possible for someone to be able to generate whatever engine it takes to really burst through the fog and, you know, the the very heavily wooded areas that, that figuratively speaking, 
low income places sort of have for us. It's it's um it's a it's a deep layered cake, but I think people just oversimplify a little too much these days, and they don't see that they don't see the nuance in every single thing. Yeah. Period. But yeah, that's what I got on that. All right. Well. <laughs> um. Let me see. Let me see here. Let me see here. Well, I think you had. I think you had something yeah. more political, did yeah, you? Yeah, I did. I did. So you were just talking about, you know, sex slaves and people being sold, and that's kind of the front of the market. What I'm about to talk about is on kind of the back end of the market, um, more so in the resale market. Uh, me, you, and Duty were having a conversation um, like last week about him. Um, getting his hands on an exclusive pair of Jordans and how he yes. planned on trying to flip these Jordans in order to get a PlayStation 5. Yes. And I started thinking about that and I started, you know, doing a little digging and, you know, taking some stuff from, you know, stuff that I've already seen before. And I'm just like, wow, man, the resale market is going nuts these days people mm-hmm. are selling og pokemon cards people are selling baseball cards um people are selling a little bit of everything and the prices for these things are just nuts they're astronomical yeah um so you know we were you know we've talked about uh, travis scott and his deal with mcdonald's and stuff like that right mm-hmm he has an action figure out now where he's like basically holding a mcdonald's meal in his hands, the action figures. Hmm. There's only 15 of them in the world, <laughs> and they're they're going oh, yeah. they're going for over 50 grand right now. And I'm just looking at it, and I'm just like, hmm. I'm just like, God damn, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. it's an action figure. I I get that it's exclusive, but I don't know. Like, and I, obviously, I'm just speaking for myself. I just not something that I want. But yeah, you know, just just yeah, and, and and because of that, it holds no value to you. Yeah, yeah. You probably you probably wouldn't be willing to pay you know a hundred dollars for the action figure. Um, no. No. So, 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 okay. So, well, now we have an issue <laughs> because, because you're, so for an action figure that is going for 50,000, mm-hmm. you wouldn't pay a hundred dollars for that same action figure. What? To, to then resell it? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, fuck me. Right. So, so the thing is this, so people may not necessarily be looking are at they, are they are they going for $100? I don't think they're going for $100. No, 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 no. But who whomever has 50,000 that $50,000 could be someone's $100. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm not Whomever has 50,000 like who you're not worrying about rent tomorrow and about to spend $50,000 on this Travis Scott toy. I hope not. Like you 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 have $50,000 to throw away for a Travis Scott toy. Yeah. So, so you're going to buy this little artifact, this piece of art, whatever, however you want to look at it. And, you know, maybe you'll, you'll hold on to it as people do for pieces of art and it'll accrue over time, the value. Yeah. 
And maybe you'll have thoughts of selling it later on. Maybe you'll pass it down to your children because maybe, you know, you know, years and years, a generation or two down the line, it could be who knows. You might be able to buy a house with that toy. Okay, so (laughs) let me say this. I guess if I could afford it, I would I would I would maybe do it uh, simply to be able to gain more money from it. But um, at the end of the day, I just I kind of just and maybe I'm just I'm you know, I'm maybe I'm just too broke. But I just kind of look <laughs> at it and I just see like, damn, this is just a little action figure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things. Yeah. Things change when you. um Yeah. When you when you don't you know, when you don't have money for things, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, for instance, let's say, OK, here we, here we go. I got you. To that guy that is asking you for five dollars to go buy a deli sandwich. If he heard that you had a four hundred dollar skateboard. He would say, what the fuck? Do you know how many deli sandwiches and bottles of water I can buy with that? Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's absolutely insane. Like, what is this skateboard doing for right. you? You like, you can't eat that. You can't like you can't do anything with this skateboard. That Like that skateboard shouldn't have that sort of value, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the, the way that he's valuing the skateboard. Uh, but also, clearly, that has to have some relationship with the way or his his financial stat- status in uh-huh. life. So you're looking at it the same. You're just like, I'm not buying no fucking Travis Scott toy, but someone that just can throw 50000 you're just like, no, I'm going to buy it. Because you, you, like, you don't know what this is going to mean later on. Right. Like, I, I'm going to buy this now. And then I'm going to I'm going to sell it or I'm going to have my child sell it for, you know, 400000 you know, in the in the generation to come, they're gonna buy they're gonna buy a house. Like they can be they can be good off of this toy alone. Right. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, I think ahead. my the whole point of me even bringing this up was to honestly say that I I respect the hustle. Um, I respect right. you know people being able to get these things off, um, at higher at a higher value than what they did pay for them. Um, I do respect that. Um. And I even, yo, I even, I think I told you this the other day, I even called my mom and I was like, yo, I got any, uh, I got any old Pokemon cards in the crib up in the closet somewhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause I'm just, just trying to figure out anything retro that yeah, you have cause that I'm, you may be able like, to make a few. The resale game is going crazy right now. It's going crazy. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I just, I started thinking, I'm just like, what do I own that might be worth mm. the shit? And I think the only thing yeah. that I have right now that might be worth the shit is uh you know saying I got some Jordans in the cut um that are definitely mm-hmm. worth some money um but I don't want to get rid of those because those kind of hold a sentimental value to me mm-hmm. um so like I really it would be really hard for me to part ways with something like that um yeah so pretty much the resale value of those shoes they they don't trump the sentimental value you have for them because there there's a price all right yo there's definitely a price they they just they just don't necessarily reach they haven't reached that that value yet no nah yeah nah. um but yeah i so i yeah like i said i called my mom and she said there weren't any pokemon cards in there she was like it's a lot of baseball cards in here though and i was like that'll do hmm <laughs> yeah, value on things is value on things are really, really interesting because 
you could imagine, <clears throat> say, I just was reading about this the other day. Say you had a, a boat and or a, a ship even, and you decided you were going to circumnavigate the globe. And every now and again, you would toss some part of the boat off because it just didn't seem to serve you anymore. You thought the wood was getting old or, you know, the helm was getting a little old. You wanted something new. So you would stop somewhere, you'd get something new and then you'd replace it. And you continue to do that throughout the entire trip, the entire expedition. And you came back. And then this boat, you know, through time, clearly it's been renowned as the boat that circumnavigated the globe. It saw so many things. There were so many different uh, world renowned crew ship members that did so many cool things. And there were so many beautiful stories of of meeting pirates and, you know, yogis from this side of the globe. And you had explorers from over here and you got spices from here. There's a lot. There's a lot of intrinsic value now that goes along with the story that coincides with this ship. So this ship could go for millions of dollars. But it's not the original ship because you have gone through and replaced almost everything about the ship through the entirety of the expedition. So it's not that ship anymore. But if someone were to go and take that same trip and they were to go and pick up all the pieces and then come back and they built their own ship based on all the pieces that you threw away on your trip, like which so which one is the is the real ship? Which one is the ship with the actual value? Because I went and picked up all of the the real parts of the of the ship that really made it you know the way through that should be held and revered with more value because those were the original parts that made the original ship but yet you you have this ship that you just came back with it do do you see the the point that i'm trying to make here like like we don't necessarily know exactly it's not the pieces in themselves that necessarily make the value it's the story that sort of comes along with with whatever item it is that we're trying to hold on to but the way that human beings interact with the physical realm and what we choose to value more than others is just it's very very interesting to me like i said you could buy some jordans right now like brand spanking new and that could be worth x amount of dollars but if you buy those same jordans and then you put them on michael jordan's dirty sweaty ass feet and let him ball out for 24 hours and then and then he gives it back to you the, the, now you, now we can talk about the shoes that you had 24 hours ago that were brand new Jordans, pristine. And then you have Jordans that Michael Jordan put on his feet and had his sweat in and, you know, fucked up the insoles and scuffed up a little bit during, you know, a basketball game. But what pair of shoes are going to be worth more? 
the latter. It's just it's just very interesting to me. It's just very interesting. It's, it's nothing about that man's sweat that that can do anything for us or the fact that you can now see the, the dents, the indents where his soul was inside the, the shoe or anything like that or the scuff marks. Oh, this is when he made that movement. That's where it comes from. Oh, this is where he made that movement. His foot was here. Like, I can sense the greatness through the shoe now. Yeah. It's, it's just it's very interesting what story holds for us, the value that story holds for us as human beings, because that's where all this resale value is coming from that you're talking about. The Pokemon cards that you're trying to get, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, the, whatever it is, it's this is what this meant at a point in time. Like this is an artifact that held a certain value or pushed a certain generation to behave in a certain way and think in a certain way. Like Pokemon was fucking huge. Had everybody out in the streets throwing cards over here, playing people, slamming stuff down. It was a TV show. It was video games. People collecting these things, the holographic cards. People were going through the most trading and like, oh, my gosh. I was um, the, the, the deliberation that had to go down before we like really trading cards. Like, that's deep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? As a kid, <sighs> I was watching a YouTube video the other day of an actual Pokemon like like someone, you know, the two people playing against each other, you know having a game of Pokemon going on and I couldn't keep up. I didn't know what the hell they were doing. Pokemon has changed so <laughs> much since I actually, you know, used to have cards. It's changed so yeah. much. I don't know what they were doing. Well, back in our day, I don't think we were playing it correctly because you, know, you have not. to have, we have to have the energy. Like you have to have the energy cards. So you have to have a certain amount of energy cards to do certain moves. We used to just throw cards out and be like that attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's not that's not that's not how the game that's not how the game's supposed to be played. Like you can't you can't just do that. Right. <laughs> uh, like yeah, there, there's something that goes into it. But those, I mean, all those games are really interesting. Magic. You know, back when I was going to Nova, there used to be so many kids in the in the cafeteria throwing down their magic cards and stuff like that it's it's all those are just very very intricate games and they're very very deep mm-hmm. and they're just very very deep cultures around these games too that always always interests me but um so you know obviously these new playstations are either about to come out or they or they came out already um mm. but like people are now they're they're buying playstations and reselling them Mm-hmm. And it's just like, 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 cause they, cause they retail it. Like, you know, I think the, the, the non disc one is a little bit cheaper. I think it's like three ninety nine, and the one with the disc is like four ninety nine. I could be wrong, but, um, it's along right. that realm and like they're reselling for like a thousand dollars, $1,500. And I'm just sitting over here like my nigga, I will let this <laughs> PS4 blow up in my face before I buy a PS5 for a G. <sighs> <laughs> man like pa- playing video games you know we've we've played our fair share of video games right. like they they can be fun fifteen hundred dollars for a playstation <laughs> nah mm. bruh nah yeah I, I don't know i guess i, mean, I guess they're, they're, i mean they're, they're also different things that they're doing now just like how phones are not just telephones anymore mm. You know, so I guess you're buying a PlayStation, you can play the best video games that have ever been made in humankind, in humanity. You can you can play those on there. You can watch movies. You can get online. You can download music. 
You can. I mean, what what else? What else? I mean, you, you can VR. Yeah, VR, VR games. You know, you can get tons of apps on there. Netflix, right? Hulu. Yeah, like you can. It, yeah, I mean, it's uh, so in that sense. I mean, it's 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 like a supercomputer. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I like I kind of I get it. Is I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> But I but I see why people are doing it. Plus, again, it's it's the new thing. There's some sort of exclusivity because, I mean, they're like they're gonna be clearly gonna be selling out, which is why you can resell yeah. them. Well, um, I yeah, I guess I guess you just you know what, it really just depends on how much value that thing has to you. Um, that's 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 all value. Yeah. That's all it is. I, unless unless it is intrinsic, unless. You know, because right now we you could have a billion dollars in your bank account if the fucking meteors start coming down from the sky and start blowing this world half to shit right now. And then we have to, you know, some of us arise in a post apocalyptic world tomorrow. Good chances is that billion dollars ain't gonna mean shit. Nah. But the people that own some land with food in a well with fresh water, <laughs> they're going to be very wealthy people. Uh-huh. So it's just you know value is it's a it's a very interesting thing. We we just kind of you know we live in a sort of spoiled world where we can value certain things the way that we do it's it's just it's very it's very very interesting because it's it's all very sort of detached you would say from the essence of what a human being is and needs but at the same time i've heard so (laughs) my grandfather is an artist my dad told me a story about him trying to he found a piece of our grandfather's work somewhere and he put a bid in for he, he he was trying to buy it off of this guy, and the guy said he would sell it to him. They came to the price and everything, but then the guy had to renege on the plan on the sale. And when you know my dad was sort of bummed out, he was like, "Yo, like what happened?" And he said that his wife, the the seller's wife, was like, "You can sell anything else in here. You're not selling that piece. That is that is that is my favorite piece in this house." If you sell that piece, we're getting a divorce. That hold on, those words were literally said. That's what she said. She said that is a deal breaker. If you go ahead and sell the piece if you want wow. to. Call call your lawyer too. Wow. Sheesh. <laughs> but but that's the thing though. It's it's interesting what these these physical items in life can what like what that can evoke out of a human. And that's the whole bit on art is looking at something and it touching you in a way where you you have you have to have it like this. This means something to me. This spoke to me in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's a lot of, you know, what this stuff is. And, you know, we've, we've had this conversation about art all the time. Like what is what is or how do we value it? Why does this strike you as interesting, not strike someone else as interesting? But it's just it's all perspective. Yeah. It's it's all perspective, but it's it's very it's very very interesting the things that people are willing to. I mean, necessarily say willing because I'm certain that some people get attached to 
art and they say it wasn't it wasn't a, a choice of theirs. They saw it. It resonated. They had to have it. They they had to find a way to have it. And that's that's interesting. It's not it's not about the money. They're never some people they're never going to do that resale. Like they're never going to they're never going to sell it. I have to have this. It, when I die and go down to my child and I guess I can't do anything after that, but as far as I as long as I'm on this planet, it's staying right here in the living room. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Interesante. Um, so yeah. I got one more thing for today. Um, Go for it. You spoke about people putting a ton of emphasis on voting, um, which is, you know, simply them doing their civic duty every four years. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you made a good point because it's like, you know, well, what are we doing in the community? You know, the other three years and 364 days that stand between election day. Um, right. So I wanted to bring up, um, and I'm sure that all, you know, some of our listeners listeners have uh, probably heard this story already, but I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to give some flowers here to Stacey Abrams. Um, she is a politician from Georgia. Um, she, you know, she, she works for, for, you know, uh, human, I'm not human rights, but just, for rights and uh, for individuals, uh, particularly black and minority individuals. Um, she's fighting against uh, voter suppression. She narrowly lost um, um, the race to be the governor of Georgia in 2018. Um, but after losing that race, I think that her and the people on her side kind of saw, you know, a new light in Georgia, kind of saw that Georgia was potentially turning blue which is, you know, for Democrats. So she took it upon herself. Uh, she created, um, well, she already had an organization created, um, but she took, she created another organization. These organizations are called Fair Right and the New Georgia Project. And in between 2018 and 2020, she was able to help 800,000 people register to vote most of which were black or minority or people that she felt that she could flip, you know, white people out in the suburbs, things like that. Um, and she was able to help flip a conservative Georgia blue for the first time since 1992. Now, this is obviously putting in work in your community on a much larger scale. Um, you know, we don't expect everyone to be able to do these types <laughs> of things. Mm-hmm. But um, I just thought that it was it was something that should be noted and celebrated. So shout out to her. Okay, yeah, no, that's. I mean, I'm I'm certain that's not an easy feat to accomplish. No, no, not at all. I'm certain of it. I I'm gonna. I think I will do a little bit more research into it because I do struggle with the. I don't know exactly what it is. What is holding these people back? From from registering to vote um, exactly probably because they you know they're either lazy or they feel like their vote doesn't really count um and they feel like the state is probably already you know conservative enough that they can't make a difference so I think that you know she kind of steps out there and you know she she kind of makes these make these people realize that you know their voices do matter and clearly it worked okay because I because. One of the headlines I saw was, you know, adverting to voter suppression. 
Well, yeah, specifically. Yeah. I, and I don't know the specifics of how the voter suppression, you know, took place. Most of the time, yeah. it's be, it'll be like, you know, they'll have like one place that you can vote in a very large county away from, you know, the poor side of that county. Um, mm. They won't, you know, put as many uh, ballot drop boxes in a particular county. Um, maybe this county mm. is, you know, mostly black or something like that. Um, you know, things things of that sort. Just making it harder for people to vote, okay. whether they're registered or not. Okay. Um, you know, because you get these people, you know, standing in these long-ass lines for eight to ten hours. Like, just what the fuck is the holdup? I go in here, I do my ballot, I leave. Why are we waiting so long? You know what I'm saying? Like, are they slowing mm-hmm. down the processes are they not allowing as many people to be volunteers within the voting, um, you know, wherever they're voting at, like things like that. You know what I'm saying? Just little little things okay. that knock off the process and make it just that much harder for people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I this politics is definitely something that's been on everyone's mind for quite some time now. And we've heard more more than enough. I, I know I've had more than my fill and yeah. <laughs> I don't and I and and I don't even really obsess over it. But for me, a lot of my issue with it is just the fact that I don't like the way that conversations are being had. Not that they're being had. I want every conversation to be had. I just don't I don't like the way that people open up a lot of conversations when it comes to differences between people and trying to make things work and you know, who would be better never being, you know, existing on this planet because their view is is different than mine or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And just completely condemning people for, you know, whatever their side is or whatever they're proponent for. I think that I would like to do a slight political analysis that isn't really political at all. It's more so, uh, a communicational analysis on the way that people are are interacting with politics mm-hmm. today. I think the, the the very first thing that I have to talk about is this term that I learned through philosophy called reification. Reification to reify something is to is to convert or regard something as concrete. So a lot of a lot of people do this all the time is you hear something from someone that you revere. You feel like they know what it is they're talking about, whatever the case may be. And then that has now been solidified as fact in your mind that that it wasn't just a take. It wasn't an idea. It wasn't even just something that someone thought was a fact. But you, through critical analysis, understand that it's just their take and they just said it with enough conviction that it came across as a fact. Mm -hmm. It is it is a fact in your mind. And so now anytime you ever have a conversation in this realm, whatever that may be, this is your starting point. This is your rock. This is the epicenter of the conversation. Whatever it is that person said that you have now solidified as a concrete fact in your mind. And that's a huge issue. (laughs) That's a that's a huge issue that people have. And it, like I said, it's not just in politics. People just hear things and believe it as soon. It, it doesn't take much for people for you to be able to fool someone into believing something is true. Mm-hmm. 
right. I mean, for instance, right now, I just gave a definition of reification. If I was just like some bullshit troll that just wanted to do things for no reason other than because I'm a sadist and I just like to watch people go through pain and confusion and suffering. I could have just told a complete lie about the word reification and what it really means. And it actually means something completely different. But no one would have gone and well, not many people would have gone and looked up in their phone reification and really, you know, looked up if I knew what the fuck it was I was talking about or not. (laughs) Because the way I said it, it sounded like I knew what I was talking about. So they would have just taken it and ran with it. By the way, people, that is what it means. (laughs) So. That's so that's that's one issue is people go and, you know, you were talking to me the other day about these different news outlets that you were flipping back and forth between. Yeah. And you would just watch them and think, wow, these are polar opposites. People are just saying whatever it is that serves their agenda when you just turn the channel like this is absolutely insane that that this is that these are the news stations. Right. And so clearly in observing that, what has to follow is, okay, well, there's some bullshit. There's some bullshit going on somewhere in some way, shape, form or fashion. Like there's 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 some there's conflating of of biases with quasi information. Right. And so that's 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 the first thing that I feel like people get get into trouble with. And. The next thing is laying a firm foundation of whatever conversation to be had through concise terminology. The other day, you saw me get in a small tiff with a friend of ours. Yeah. And through sending a huge text message that thoroughly explained where it was I was coming from, why I was saying what I was saying. And what it is I expected out of this conversation we were having, this person, you know, pretty much did that thing that, you know, people do with me and they, you know, he sort of uh, poked and prodded at the fact that I used big words and said that I was doing, quote unquote, weird shit. And I think that it's. There's so much reconfiguration that has to take place because we've been we've been taught to some degree through whatever mediums that expressing yourself thoroughly (laughs) is weird, (laughs) that it's some weird shit to do, Mm -hmm. that using that trying to thoroughly think through ideas and lay them down firmly and succinctly enough to where there could be no other interpretation other than the one that you intended to be interpreted. (laughs) That's weird. But what is the alternative to that? (laughs) Is saying superficial things and hoping that people understand whatever it is that you laid out for them. And so I that's that's just something we we have to turn we have to turn the dial a few notches and understand that that's that's an adjustment that has to be made. Mm-hmm. We we can't continue to try to be little people that have thorough thoughts 
and therefore want to express the thoughts just as thoroughly as they were thought. <laughs> because I can't take the complex, complex cogitation that happens in my mind and then just give you a very surface. I mean, listen, I guess I was feeling some type of way about what you did and like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to say things like some type of way. I don't like that terminology. There is a type of way that I felt. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you what type of way it was and why I felt that way. And again, what I expect out of feeling that type of way and expressing that I felt that type of way. So, again, just just some reconfigurations. I feel like having a firm base, a firm infrastructure with concise terminology is also important. And that's why I feel like for one issue um, or one way, Twitter's I mean, social media is a terrible place to be trying to do any of this anyway, for multiple reasons. One, the reification thing is happening. So people have their own little sources. They get it. It's congealed in their mind as this is golden. This is gospel. Mm -hmm. If you're not speaking from this point of view, you're wrong. And everyone is just married to their ideas. It can't just be something that comes and goes and that can be beat out by logic. If you if I'm saying something to you and what I'm saying truly makes sense through critical analysis and it is better than what operating system you're on, you should want to drop your operating system and update. You should want to. You shouldn't you shouldn't fight it because your ego is just is just that combatant and wants to be right. That is that is a that is a very fallacious way of, of living. It shouldn't be the case. Um, it stops you and it stops progress for all of us. So you typing out 140 characters on Twitter and trying to get your ideas out in a way that people are going to understand and then having them come back and talk their shit and then going back and forth like that. That's for the birds. That is for the fucking birds, because you you can't have that that foundation. You can't have as concise a terminology as you want to. And even if you were to take it to a platform like Facebook, where people do put pages and pages and pages of stuff up, you still have a bunch of trolls out there just doing shit to just get just get a, a rise out of you. You're still dealing with the reification and not necessarily being able to, because people aren't going on there and really reading what you having to read and trying to digest it and understand what it is you're talking about. And that brings me to my, my third, my third item here, which is approaching conversation with good faith of finding understanding. People are very rarely, and this is in all sorts of conversation. Again, this doesn't just have to do with politics, but people are very rarely going and walking up to one another, having a conversation in going in with good faith of coming out with a better understanding. Most people go into these conversations, especially if they feel like it's, um, I don't know, it's some sort of combatant debate, like argumentative air that they're feeling when they approach the conversation. If they feel any sort of things like that, then yeah, that's, 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 that's not going to work out very well for you because you're going to find somebody that just wants to come get their shit off. They just want to come tell you about everything that they know and what they've learned and how you're wrong. And that's not what conversation should be used for. At that point, we're just we're just exchanging rants. We're just we're just making noises at each other and getting angry when the other one doesn't understand. (laughs) So. 
and and I and that goes into polarization because you, again you're talking about how they're polar opposites. CNN, Fox Five, you just seem you're getting polar opposite stories, mm-hmm. and you're seeing that in the political spectrum with people having these conversations is this polarization. You keep hearing this word over and over again, and I thought that the best way to talk about that would be through integers. So there was a a friend of mine a while ago, and he was talking to he's talking to me and this other guy. The other guy, by the way, was the dirty macker from so long ago. <laughs> and, you know, my friend was saying to us how there was a gentleman, let's call him Tom, and how he he was a, a racist that worked with us in our company. And I said, well, I think more so what he was saying is that, you know, he he could see this guy being a racist. He had heard that he was a racist, something like that. I don't know if he was definitively saying that he was one, but it seems though like he was leaning towards, yeah, like that dude's kind of like, he's racist. That's what I hear. And I tread very softly with that word. I don't think that you can, like we throw that word around too frivolously. Right. Just calling people racist, that's a, that's, a, that's a super heavy title to throw on someone. That's wild to call someone racist. And not only that, but this gentleman, Tom, actually was the one that got me the job at this company. So I said, I like, I think we should just, you know, we should probably just relax. You know what I mean? He's just like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, you know, he he did give me a job, you know, here. He was just like, yeah, but so what? I've heard from six or seven people that have worked with this guy for, you know, five or so years that he's racist. And so to hear that from five, six, seven people, there has to be some sort of truth in it somewhere. And then we start talking about the game telephone or snowball and just ideas getting misconstrued and people hearing what they want to hear in conversation or, you know, completely uh, skewing some exchange that they had with someone and taking it as something that wasn't, whatever the case may be. We're talking about all sorts of stuff. And, I was bringing up again, well, you know, why get me the job? And he's like, well, you know, that's what racist people do is they try to cover up being racist with some non-racist acts. And I'm, you know, and the conversation got to a point where he was pretty much saying this guy is racist. It was almost definitive. Like, okay, you know what? Like, I I don't. And he said to me, I don't like the way this conversation is going because it's getting to the point where it seems like I am now saying definitively this man is a racist. Mm -hmm. And I was on the other end pretty much saying he is not a racist. These are two things that him and I did not know for sure. Right. And we couldn't and we could not know. But we ended up taking these stances because every time someone said something, you had to slowly slide a little bit further on your side to combat it. So integers, if you're at if you're at a one and I'm at a negative one and and this can be looked at as blue Red, left, right, Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal, whatever the fuck it is you want, pro, anti, whatever, one and negative one. If you say something's at a one, I might say something at a at a negative one point five or two just to sort of combat it because it seems like you're you're trying to take the piss out of what it is I'm I'm promoting. And then you're gonna say something at like a three or a three point five to combat it. And then I'm gonna say something at at a, a negative four or five, and we're gonna slowly get into these extremes where neither one of us really know what the fuck we're talking about. We truly don't know. And it's not substantiated by, by empirical research anymore, 
we're just we're just now talking about feelings and we're just being anti. We're being pro anti <laughs> pretty much. And that's something that people have to be watching out for in conversation. And then the very last thing would be uh, a reference to that book Confidence that I wrote on um, that Harvard Business Review had put out in their emotional intelligence series and perceived accuracy versus actual accuracy in any given realm of knowledge in which most people, most novices, if you don't know anything about something, for the most part, you would just say, yeah, like, I, I don't know. A, I don't know a thing about that. Like right now, if I tell you, like, yo, tell me about um, astronomy. I'd say just, you know what I mean? Teach me astronomy. You can be like, I don't, you, I'm not in a position to teach you astronomy. Right. Like, I don't, right. like, I can't really tell you that. But most novices, when they start to learn about something, since the idea of or the experience of not knowing anything about a given item or given field and the experience of knowing a, a decent amount, maybe a book's worth of it. Those experiences are too different. You learn so much in that bit of time. So because you do, most people, their perceived accuracy and there are graphs on this people can check out their perceived accuracy shoots up. And what that means is that they think that they are very, very knowledgeable on that subject. When their actual accuracy, when they're actually being questioned and test on things is much, much lower. The gap is absolutely insane. I truly do implore people to go and look at these perceived accuracy versus actual accuracy and novices. It's insane. It's it, the gap is absolutely insane. And the and the growth is not so exponential as they believe it to be. So people start speaking on things as if they've been, you know, studying this for a decade. Yeah. And you don't and you don't truly have real information that scales the way that you're having conversation about it. Like so. So that so that's another thing. Just people just talking on things that they truly don't understand the intricacies of. And don't have so many references to be able to to go back to and draw correlations with mostly because the reification and because you've been so closed minded to only have one reference point. So you shut off all the different, you know, pathways that would have given you the circuitry to at least extrapolate and think outside, even if you didn't even have the correct information. You could have at least thought better about the situation if you had tried to think for more vantage points. Right. So that's that's pretty much my my pseudo political analysis, truly through psychology, philosophy and communication. (laughs) Well, (laughs) nigga, that was thorough (laughs) as hell. Um, but I, you make you make good points though, because there's there is always one side or another, um, and a lot mm. of people do uh, generally fail to kind of just listen and understand what it is that you're trying to say, um, because their their minds are so, you know, fixated on what they have to say, 
And, yeah. you know, it's like nobody's really getting their point across because no one's actually listening. Exactly. So. It's just it's just noises being made. You could have you could have achieved the same thing just talking like Charlie Brown's teacher and just blah 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 because <laughs> because they're not they're not listening so it's just like what do you and 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 that and that's a big thing for me too I've gotten a whole lot better at detecting people again as distractions people that I just shouldn't be giving my time to you know and it's and it's 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 it's, it's you know, to a degree, it's it's on the cynical side because you just realize that there are certain people that I only have but so much time in the day. And like I said, I'm trying to interact with time in a much more efficient manner. Mm-hmm. And so I can't I can't give away too much time to people that I look at them and I can tell that they've 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 turned they've turned radio frequencies. They've switched channels. They're no longer listening to me. They're somewhere in their mind thinking about something else. And I can see that on people's faces when they when they've gone somewhere else and they're not they're not present. And they're not truly giving me the undivided attention, which I truly des- think I deserve. And I give that to people when I speak to them. So, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's just certain times where you just kind of got to walk away and do your thing. But it is very sad. I do see it as a very deep, deep communicational problem, honestly. That's what it is. People are terrible at communication. People are terrible at listening. People are terrible at analyzing things. It's so much easier to just be a mouthpiece. And just have and just have people say something to you and then you just act as the mouthpiece and you just go out and regurgitate all the shit that you just heard. Mm-hmm. Because because it takes a lot to truly think. It takes a lot to sit and try to go through these things in your mind and think. But a lot of people don't want to take the time to sit and actually think problems through. You just be like, OK, this is what I heard. OK, this is what I'm going with. And this is what I'm going to say to the next person that tries to tries to battle me. <laughs> Like it's just it's it's insane it's insane but that's that's all I got though that's all I got I've I've gotten I've gotten deep on the people I'll allow I'll allow that to to settle in <laughs> ready to wrap it up I am sir what are your last words for the folks well I was the the I said this in the pod because you said something that was relative to it but I'm just gonna repeat it mm. again the biggest risk in life is playing it too safe. Mm. Get out of your comfort zone today. Whatever's holding you back, take reasonable and calculated risks. Oh, all right. Very nice. Very nice. I'm going to have a last word for the people. Think. Think. Mic drop. Think. Peace.